At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Charla Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by The Society. The Society is our online community for women of faith who are looking for a safe space to be encouraged, educated, and empowered. The Society is hosted by myself, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, Kavaya Watrice of the She Who Is Called app, and Rosalind Renee of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. Y'all look, this community is so rich and it really has something for everyone. If you're an entrepreneur, Tatum has business trainings every month and has built an amazing resource library. And almost every month we have a number of like funding opportunities and all of this just wonderful information together. We even have a place for us to share our businesses so we can work with each other. If you are struggling with time management and productivity, Rosalind's going to snatch you together, okay? She does these Monday productivity minutes that have been blessed in my life. If you're looking for practical ways to walk by faith, Kavaya is out here dropping big gems. And of course, I'm out here teaching live Bible studies every two weeks. And that don't even touch our quarterly challenges, corporate fasts, live events, and so much more. One thing I've learned about the society is that given the opportunity, we are always going to glorify God and we always going to go to brunch. Okay, we be brunching out here. Houston be turning up. Atlanta be turning up. Okay, like we are out here glorifying God, Bibles and brunch. Okay, so if you are in need of a safe space of like minded women of faith, start your two week free trial of the society today by clicking the link in the show notes or going to www.blessedandbossedupsociety.com. All right, guys, and welcome to another episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast. I'm so excited because we have a fave back on the show. So we are back with Miss Tatum to Mia Yomi K. 
And we talking about business today, girl. Like, yeah. okay, we love the Lord. Yes, we love the Lord, but we getting down to business today. So Tatum is the host of the Blessed and Boss Up podcast. She is also the CEO of Anchored Media, where she helps make profitable podcasts. Just dozens and dozens and dozens of shows. She is out here helping us elevate our voices and doing so in a way that is profitable to the kingdom and to our personal lives. Amen. Because I'm all about both. (laughs) I'm all about both. Tatum also is an author. Okay. Multiple times. I heard you ask for your podcast. He was like, I don't know. Because I wrote two books, but I got all, anything with your name on the cover counts. So you are <laughs> devotionals. Did you put it out? If yes, you're an author. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I was like, not a book. Like, I don't know. I don't know how this works. What, what does Google say? Yes. So Tatum recently released a 90-day devotional called Business Meetings with God. It's phenomenal. If you have not gotten the book or if you want the book, I'm going to link it in the show notes, ma'am, because that's what you needed. Okay. Take the next 90 days. We are entering into the last quarter of the year, and it's the perfect time for you to sit down and have a business meeting with God and doing this devotional. So Tatum, tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write this devotional and kind of what it means to have a business meeting with God. Yeah, absolutely. So the concept of business meetings with God is something that I've been doing since I got saved, saved as I call it, back in like 2017. Or so um, it was that period where God really sat me down and made me shut down my business and everything that I was doing. And so that's when I really learned how to follow him, how to seek him on behalf of my business. And like I had no choice but to follow him because he sat me down and told me to wait. And so that's where just I started the practice of business meetings with God. And so I've spent the last few years with that just being a very critical part of my business, even towards the end of the year. Like I don't come up with my own goals about like, what do I want to do and make the vision board and all of that. I sit before God and have a business meeting and ask him, what do you have for us, this company, for me, whatever, what are we doing? And then as God just begins to download things to me, then I add like my business acumen and my wisdom and understanding and experiences that I have just from my knowledge and things. I apply that to his plan, but it has been a practice that I've been doing for years. And so I decided to write the devotional because as I began to talk about this more on the podcast and just interact more with my audience, I realized that my audience understood the importance of seeking God on behalf of their business. They understood that, you know, he needed to be involved. They just didn't know how, like, what does that practically look like for me? And I had talked about it a lot on the show, but in just trying to be more effective with the message, because it's one thing for me to come on a podcast and talk about it. But I want people to really live that out. The most amazing feedback that I get from the podcast is I listened to this show. So I went and sought God for myself. And this is what happened from it. I'm like, that is it. That is my role is to send you back to the father. And then for you to do whatever he tells you to do. But in between those feedbacks or those testimonies that people have given There were also a lot of people who just didn't know how they needed some tools. They needed some guidance. And so I wanted to create something practical, something tangible they can hold in their hand. It's not digital. So you can't get distracted about everything else when you're going to do it, but something that you can hold in your hand and take with you 
into your prayer closet, into your quiet time. It's prompts on there, it's scriptures on there. So my hope is that when people read the scripture, they'll go back and open up the Bible for themselves to understand the full context. There are questions for them to ask during their business meetings so they know exactly what to ask God for at that time. And I wanted to just make it as black and white and as easy as possible so people have no excuse on having these business meetings. Yes, that is so awesome. And I love that it is in print and it's not digital because we'll get so caught up like such and such text me. I got an email. And what we have to realize too is that the enemy is you know, everything ain't the devil child, but the enemy is really, really prone to use distraction as a tool to get us off course. So, you know, I always talk about how people like, when you try to go and study the Bible and then all of a sudden you're the sleepiest you've ever been in your whole entire life. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, like, man, no, pull it together. And so it's so important to understand, especially when we're going out in business, right? Because God wants us to live on earth as it is in heaven, right? Like that's his word for us and to us. And so it's really important that we take the opportunity to sit before him and find out what that looks like. A lot of times God will give us the idea, even for myself, I've found myself getting ahead of God. Well, he'll give me the idea, give me the title for something. And I'm ready to be like, okay, God, we out here. And I take off running. And I find myself frustrated and realize, hold on, sis, we need to have a meeting with God because something is off because I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I know that's the opposite of his burden being easy and his yoke being light. So we need to figure out (laughs) where where the misstep was. I think that is so, so phenomenal. Now, my question to you is when we talk about having businesses, especially as women and especially as women of faith, what are some of the biggest things that we do that where we don't necessarily set ourselves up to see the results or the fruit that we want? Well, I think the first mistake that we make is we don't think big enough. Oh, that's good. And modesty isn't meant to put God in a box or to minimize the calling on our life. And you don't see too many women and mostly because of how we're conditioned. We're not supposed to be clear, direct, or aggressive, because then we get labeled the B word, or she's bossy. She's all of these negative connotations that men don't have to deal with when they're being assertive and things of that nature. And so because that is just how society tries to minimize women and put us in a box, I think that makes us internalize that message and makes us not want to think as big as we can. And my mindset is God said that he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above anything I can ask for or think. So why would I not think the biggest that my mind can come up with? Because mm-hmm. if he's going to supersede that, let me not, you know, make it right. it's supposed to by thinking small. And so that's one mistake that I think a lot of us make. Of course, even comparison is probably number two, because mm-hmm. again, society, especially when it comes to women, we're always being pent against each other in some type of way, whether it's how we look, our success, our accolades, like we are always competing against something. Mm. Maybe we're competing against, I know for me as an overachiever, a lot of times I'm competing against my last accomplishment. I'm competing against the naysayers who said that I couldn't do this. So it's this competition that I've garnered up within myself that Mm. makes me then go into this as a competition when it's simply just not what it is. I'm not competing with anybody. What God has for me is for me and it won't miss me. I just need to be in position. But I believe that thinking small and comparison are the top two things that keep us from fully achieving in business and in life what God has for us. 
That's so good. I was actually watching a message this morning and the pastor was talking about the story where or Jesus told Peter to cast his net. And when Peter cast his net, there was so much fish that the net broke. And he was like, a lot of times we like to shout about this, but really God said, cast your nets with an S. Jesus told him to cast multiple nets. Peter was like, well, we'll see what happens and casted one net. And his lack of preparation made his blessing turn into a burden. And I was like, dang, (laughs) right? Like we have to really make sure that we are prepared for what we're asking God for and not to be prepared on a small scale, right? Like again, like you said, this is the God that does exceedingly and abundantly. We know that his word isn't going to return to him void, but even in our preparation or our lack thereof, it shows the level of faith that we really have. And God says that you're going to have a million dollar business but you out here making $1 decisions, it shows the level where your faith is. And so I think that that is really, really key that we don't prepare big enough. Like I am preparing big out here in this <laughs> And then to comparison, you know, staying off of social media, unfollowing people that you need to unfollow, even if the content that they're posting is good, or you feel like it may be helpful. If you find yourself playing the comparison game, then you may need to get off social media or you may need to unfollow them. And also too, God's going to do a new thing. And so you can't go around trying to copycat and carbon copy the things that other people are doing because it's not going to work out for you the way that it worked out for them because God is going to do a new thing for us. Yeah. And even on social media, not only do we get caught up in comparison, but Media in general is set up to push messaging. There are like five or six media conglomerates that control 90% of what we see and what we hear. And that includes social media. We're constantly getting inundated with messaging 24-7. We know what's going on on the other side of the world right now. Like we were not set up to consume and to take on so much. Mm -hmm. And another thing that social media does when you're on there as a consumer is that it just clouds our mind. So again, we start doing what we think we should be doing because we've seen it work for other people as opposed to being clear-minded so that you can have an ear to the father for what he wants you to do that's different. And the best thing I think that I, and what I usually do when I need to think and when I need to like strategize and really seek God, especially around this time of the year, is when I start preparing for the next year. So I'm off social media and my team, we have like Black Friday things we're doing and all of that. And I'm like, if we can't sell what we need to sell without me being present on social media, then we're not doing a good enough job. And I'm not going to show up in this way if that's not what I'm trying to do right now. Like I have to hear from God on what this company is going to be or what we're focusing on for next year. So I have to separate myself from any messaging that's going to persuade me or steer me in any direction. And so I think even when it comes to like, you know, social media or any messaging that we consume, we have to protect ourselves not only from comparison, but from those limiting beliefs and also not allow our creativity or God's creativity to be stifled because of what we're consuming all day. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you are able to say, look, well, then it just ain't going to get sold, (laughs) right? Like, because a lot of times we'll change course because such and such over here is doing this, such and such over there is doing that. But then where is your testimony in that? If God is going to do a new thing or a unique thing, and we know that he is the ultimate creator, right? Like he's made all of us. He's made everything that's on this planet. 
And there's so many unique things in different species. And there's so much uniqueness in the world. What makes you think that God can't tell you or give you the unique strategy for your business? And so we miss him because we are clouded. Our minds are focused more on carnality and us trying to do it in our own way, in our own time frame. And we're not really focused on the father. And then we get mad at God because we're making decisions without talking to him. And then we need him to dig us out of the ditch. But he wasn't in it. Um, My pastor said yesterday that, Anytime you make a decision without the divine instruction of God, the result is always going to equal death. It may be death to your business. It may be death to relationships. It may be death to a product. And we have to really be careful because, especially when it comes to your mindset, because that's really what got the children of Israel caught up, right? They were outside of Egypt. They were no longer in bondage, but their mentality had not shifted. And they had even called themselves grasshoppers. They were like, look at these giants. We are but grasshoppers in their eyes and in our own eyes. And it's an identity crisis because God's like, who called you a grasshopper? If I wanted you to be a grasshopper child, you'd be a grasshopper. (laughs) And And you're not. And so I know that in business, even for myself, I've had to get out of that grasshopper mentality of like, but a wee baby, and I don't know what to do. Or I'm out here trying to get every certification under the sun, take every class under the sun. Especially, I've even heard you talk about on your show, this time of the year is where people ramp that up because January is prime picking. So everybody is wanting to start something brand new in their whole entire life life and their business. So can you just kind of talk a little bit more about from the business perspective, because you said when you're on social media as a consumer, when you're on social media from the business side, what does that look like towards the end of the year and the beginning of the new year? Well, it's all about strategy. So the way we do things is we have like on our end, we have audience personas for every target audience. So under Anchor Media, there's multiple brands. We have Anchor Media as a brand itself. We have my brand and then we have the podcast brand. And we approach them as three separate things intentionally. And so on our back end, we know we have audience personas for each one. So we know who we're talking about on each platform. We know their psychographics as well as their demographics. Because a lot of people when planning or thinking about their target audience, they are all talking about demographics. Demographics Mm -hmm. tells you a little bit, it gives you a little bit of insight, but psychographics is what you need to know because your sweet spot when it comes to marketing is being able to anticipate the needs of your consumer. Even like taking social media, for example, that's why these algorithms are so powerful and why they make so much money because they've created the ability to anticipate the needs of the person. And that's very valuable for advertisers and these companies who want to get in front of people. But girl, I can go in a deep end about that. But we have like persona. So we know who we're talking to. We have their demographics as well as their psychographics. We know what their needs are. We know what our unique selling proposition is, which is what sets us apart from others who are like us on each individual brand. So there's three different brands. We analyze data every month. So we have a marketing meeting every month where we go over the previous month. So we look at how many more email subscribers we got, how many products were sold, what's the engagement rate on each page, all of these different things. So all of this data that we've accumulated about our audience, as well as about the effectiveness of what we're doing, that just informs the next decision as far as how we move forward. So we know that Black Friday is a season that's highly important, especially like if you're an e-commerce business, Black Friday needs to be like top priority when it comes to how you're spending the end of the year. But even with us, I've played around with Black Friday for years because I was like, okay, I know this is important for e-commerce, but how is this important for service-based businesses? So 
I did small things like put a course on sale just because it's Black Friday, just added a discount code to it because I wanted to see what my audience was going to respond to. And after doing that for a couple of years, I was able to see, okay, this is something that we need to prioritize. So that's something that we're doing heavily this year. So that's how we determine consumer behavior is how we determine how we end our year. And so then on my end, though, as the executive, because it's two different approaches I have to take, there is the marketing approach. So this is how we show up to everybody else towards the end of the year. But on the back end, how I approach the end of the year is totally different. So on the back end as the leader, oh shoot, I'm hitting stuff. But on the back end as the leader of this company, how I approach the end of the year is around September. I started to pivot to thinking about the new year. So I have meetings with everybody on my team. I look at the financials of the company. I look at our policies and procedures, what's working, what's not. I look at the sales of every single thing that we offer. I look at even like the marketing metrics, any partnerships that we have, staff, personnel, like every single piece of the company I'm looking at. And I'm trying to figure out what can be improved. How can I be better, a better steward of what God has given me? How can we increase profitability? Everybody wants to make more money, but sometimes you don't need to sell anything else to make more money. You just need to find it within how you're spending your money right now. So looking at all of those things. And so that's pretty much how I spend the whole end of the year. And then of course I have a business meeting with God to determine what our next year is going to look like. And then after he tells me what the next year is going to be, then I come back and start strategizing and planning for us to execute what he said. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by the Check God's Resume Journal. Are you struggling with your waiting season? Do you feel like God has forgotten about you? Sis, it's time for you to check God's resume. This dynamic journal will walk you through building God's resume in your own life. Take the time to recall the goodness and the miracles that he's performed in your lifetime. The journal has journaling prompts, a place for sermon notes, and so much more. This is a great tool just to remind you of God's goodness in your life and an even better tool to be passed down to your children's children as they'll be able to recount your experiences with God. So get ready to recall all of the miracles that God has performed for you. I promise you when you check his resume, he is undefeated. Click the link in the show notes to get your copy today. Now let's get back to the show. I just got my whole life. Because <laughs> I was like, I got to approach it two different ways. There's how we yes. at the end of the year. Yes. And then there's like the executive aspect of it. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the executive aspect, because I know that you are talking about going kind of from like a solopreneur to an executive. And I know that there are a lot of people who want to start businesses, who um, even side hustles, which a side hustle is a business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a side hustle is still a business. And one thing I heard you say, and this is the stuff that you don't see on social media, the stuff that don't get you no clout, the stuff that don't get yeah. you no likes, is that you look at your policies and procedures. You look at the data that you have collected. You look at what I've heard you call your key performance indicators, and you try to strategize and figure out, you do an analysis to see, okay, where can we improve? How critical is it when you're starting out your business before you get the platform, before you get the people, before you get the staff and the money for you to have 
the foundation of policies and procedures and all of that stuff in place? And what does that look like? What are like the key things that you need to have for your business before you out here doing TikTok dances to try to sell your product? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> First, chaos breeds chaos. Come so on. if you move in a chaotic way as a solopreneur, you're just going to build a chaotic team. And you having more people doesn't automatically mean that your business is going to be more effective. It doesn't automatically mean that your business is going to make more money. It's just going to be more people involved in your mess. So you just have to, from the beginning, do simple stuff. Don't mix your business finances with your personal. Have a separate bank account for your business. If you don't want to invest in a software, I mean, keep your expenses as low as possible. Only pay for what is necessary and what has a return on investment, especially in the beginning. So making sure that your business and personal finances are separate. You can use a simple spreadsheet to know what you're paying for in your business. Know how much Wix, Squarespace, wherever you host your platform costs. Know how much your domain is going to cost and when it renews. Have those things in mind because if you need a couple more dollars, how about you just pay for the annual subscription for your hosting site, as opposed to monthly, you just save two months worth. And now that's some money that you can then put back into your business. So uh, having just knowing where your money is going is huge. And especially in the beginning, literally separating your bank accounts is going to make that so much easier because there's less transactions to deal with. Mm -hmm. You can even invest in like a bookkeeper, but again, you don't even have to invest right away. Just keep accurate records. When it comes to your business, document how you do everything that you do. It can be as simple as while you're doing something, screen record your computer. Now you have a training video on how to do something. And it was just as simple as you screen recording while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing anyway. And just walk through as if you're teaching somebody. So that way, when you do bring someone on, you can just say, hey, watch this video. And then we're going to meet and see if you have any questions or whatever. So those are just some simple foundational things that you can do. Make sure your business is legally formed. Like these are just foundational elements that everybody needs to do to build that foundation. Yep. Yep. That's really good. As you were talking, I hear God saying, count the costs, right? Like you count the costs. And I know that that was counting the cost of being a disciple of Jesus, but I feel like everything that's in the Bible is has practical application. The example was what man builds a house without knowing what it Yes, yes. There's no found you got a foundation, no house, no rooms. (laughs) Come on, go to foundation. Nice, nice. (laughs) Wendy, one day joint going down. (laughs) (laughs) So even counting the costs, we did an exercise in the producer society where we were talking about counting the costs and people saying that they don't have what it takes to do what God has called them to. And so I said, go back last month and count up all the money you spent on fast food. And I guarantee you, you will find the money to incorporate your LLC or to incorporate your business to even get started. But we're not willing to make the sacrifice to do the little bit that God has called us to do. There was a season when we were in the middle of our home buying process. Child, I quit buying my, I quit getting my nails done. My hairdresser was like, girl, this is my my budget for hair. Can we do X, Y, and Z every month? (laughs) This is the budget. And for, you know, a lot of times that doesn't look glamorous, but it really is a level of discipline that you have to have when you talk about going into business. You got a business and you out here making selling products, but you don't have no bank account, no LLC, no policies and procedures. You're just out here selling things. And so then what's 
And I was going to say too, yeah. sorry to cut you off and you don't know what is getting the sale. That's yeah. a huge problem that a lot of entrepreneurs starting out have. Like they just start posting on social media or you just start doing stuff mm-hmm. and then you're not getting the sale. So you may get discouraged. So it doesn't even mean all the time that you need to start from scratch. You just need to figure out like what's working and what's not. So yeah. even aside from those things, like the bank accounts and stuff, have a clear process, a clear sales funnel, which is simply a process that people go through to buy from you. Have it laid out so that you know where your income is coming from, where the sales are being met, where are things being held up. When I first started podcasting, I was doing business coaching and helping people build marketable brands. And so my rationale when first starting the podcast was, oh, I'm going to use this to get clients. So I had like discovery calls and I would just upsell the discovery call right on the podcast and they were free. So I would say the link is in the description to sign up for a call with me, blah, blah, blah. I was having the most unproductive calls. My schedule was booked. My conversion rate was trash. So something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to the process. And the reason why I was able to fix the process as opposed to just throwing it all away was because it was something laid out initially. and so. I didn't get discouraged. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this at all. Um, I'm going to stop doing this. Nobody wants to buy from me. That wasn't the problem. The problem was there was something missing between people who listen to the show and people who I wanted to work with as clients. And Mm -hmm. so it was as simple as I added a form to my discovery call page where people had to answer certain pre-qualifying questions. So I had to learn about what their business was or tell them, you know, tell me what your business is. Give me your website. I would have them tell me what their problems were in their business. I would even have like, what's your budget to solve this problem with a drop down of prices specifically. And so if somebody was saying that, and I would even have a below, it was the tiers of my programs were the tiers that was presented on that form. Mm -hmm. And if someone didn't have the budget for it, then I wouldn't spend that time. So once I review the form, it was, hey, I think this course would be a better fit if affordability was the problem. Or once I got on the phone, I was also that also allowed me to be better as a salesperson. Because yeah. as entrepreneurs, we're salespeople. Yeah. So that allowed me to be better as a salesperson because I was able to speak specifically to their problem. I was able to do my research prior to, and it just made the calls a lot better. The calls were fewer and far in between after implementing that, but my mm-hmm. conversion rate shot up. And that was great because now I'm talking to the people that I need to talk to and I'm not just talking to everybody. So just having a clear process, it don't have to be elaborate, but have something that will give you data so you know where things are falling short. So I was able to have a spreadsheet of this is how many calls I had this week. This is how many people signed up for my program this week. And so when I saw that call list was long and the people who signed up were short, something has to give. I'm spending too much time talking to people and it's not converting. So just again, having that foundational process and that sales funnel allowed me to make the necessary adjustments. And then once I did, I started converting more and making more money. That's awesome. And that really speaks to just because you busy and booked don't mean that you uh, out here getting sales, right? Busyness does not equate to bills. (laughs) Like, yeah. And I think they'll speak at every program and, oh my God, they're always somewhere speaking. Are you getting paid for that? Come on. 
yeah, it looks good because you're posting, you're in this city, but you pay for that flight. You pay for your, you pay for your hotel. You pay for your food while you was on that trip. You paid in your time of being there that took away from your family or took away from you just resting. Like everything has a cost to it. And yeah. so you have to have like those clear processes in place so that you can make sure that you're spending your time, your effort, your energy, and your money on things that are going to give you the best return. Yep. I pray you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you stay connected with us throughout the week by following us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk, hitting us up on Twitter at GGGT Podcast, and checking out our website, www.godgoalsandgirltalk.com. The website is lit. It has a free resource library, and you can search podcast episodes based on topics, all the things, okay? So until next week, continue to love God, love people, and love yourselves, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.